The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless, then the second, and the third married her. And so in the same way all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die any more, because they are like angels and are sons and daughters of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living For to him, all of them are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. Before getting into it, for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week, uh, Father Darlington and myself, along with all the other priests of our diocese, will be away for some professional study days. So um, there won't be daily Mass on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, and the Adoration Chapel will be closed for th- those three days as well. And so sorry for that, but it's been a few years since uh, we have priests have had the opportunity to go and discuss among ourselves some uh, pressing issues that we all face. Now, in the first reading this evening, we heard uh, uh, about one of the the saddest moments in the life of the Jewish people, at least in the scriptures. Now, before before the Romans had conquered the the area of Israel, um, the Greeks had done so. And the Greeks, wanting a strong kingdom, a strong empire for themselves, knew that one of the ways to have a strong empire was to have a united people. Uh, united both in, in uh, geographically under one, one power, but also united in one faith, one religion too. And so they insisted that those conquered peoples uh, in, nation, in nations that they conquered, that those people would give up their own customs and their own faiths and would adopt the customs and the faith of the Greek people. And they uh, did this under pressure of, of torture and death. And that's what we hear about happening here in this first reading. We have a group of seven brothers along with their mother, and they must have been an influential family because they're brought before the local ruler called a king, and they are compelled to um, eat uh, meat that had been sacrificed to a Greek god. Uh, so not only is this pork going against the, the Jewish faith, 
uh, but they're also pra- asked to, um, to commit ad- idolatry, to, to turn against their faith and uh, eat meat that was sacrificed to a foreign god, a fake god. Uh, and if you know anything about God and his commandments, idolatry is one of the things that God likes the least. It's important for him that his people be faithful to him. And so we have these seven brothers and their mother, and before everyone, they are tortured and killed and humiliated there in hopes that it's setting an example for everyone else not to mess with the Greek authorities. And at the end, the Greek authorities are amazed at the perseverance of these brothers, and they wonder what could make them so passionate so as to be willing to surrender their very lives in order to keep their faith. Clearly, these brothers must have heard some good news, something life-changing. Now, we've been reflecting on God's good news for some time now. And in, in that, we've discovered, first of all, that God's news is true, capital N news. It's not more of the same, but it's something truly unique, beyond imagination. We also heard about how God's good news is truly good, capital G, good, It's not just good for a short time, it's about eternity. We also reflected on how God's good news is trustworthy as well. We can't always trust the weather or the reports of journalists, but God's demonstrated through his death and resurrection that he is trustworthy, as is his good news. And we've reflected on how God's good news is best appreciated in context when we see how it intersects with history and with each and every one of our lives. After all, our own life story only has full meaning when we see how it's connected to the life stories of other people. Likewise, the scriptures, they are best appreciated when we see how they intersect with our lives as well. The good news, we find, also changes everything about the world. Now, if we do some reflection in our own lives or throughout history, Maybe we've seen something that is kind of world-changing. Maybe we think of inventions like uh, the smartphone, how that's changed how we communicate. Or I think one of the biggest inventions, uh, indoor plumbing. Imagine having to go out in the the wintertime outside whenever nature calls in the middle of the night. No, no fun at all. We might think of world events as well, uh, 9-11, how changing that was, or even the recent pandemic and the changes that that's brought about, new questions about uh, uh, rights and freedoms and, and responsibilities and things like that. We have these things that are kind of life-changing. But the good news is bigger than all that. In the Gospel reading, we hear Jesus, he has got an encounter with some Sadducees, a a group of people who say that there is no resurrection. Now, no one had seen a resurrection by this point, but the seeds of the idea of a resurrection had been planted. And among the, the theologians, there's great discussions about if there was a resurrection or not and what that might look like. And for the Sadducees, they saw some big problems with the resurrection. And this is what they present to Jesus a perceived practical problem. What would happen in a resurrection, in the case of a resurrection, if a woman legitimately married seven men and after they all died, who would she be married to in the resurrection? A great question. And what they dismiss is the possibility that the good news of God 
could be so great as to change even the nature of marriage itself. Now, for us today, marriage is a a vocation. It's not simply two people who want to be nice to one another, though they ought to be, but it's also uh, the way that um, people may be called to become holy themselves by serving the way God wants them to serve. It's a way that God reveals his love to us today, or one of the ways he reveals his, his love to us today. And so it serves something very different today than what it will serve when we're finally in heaven, when we see God and his love face to face, when we are already holy and no longer need to strive for that, when service to one another isn't nearly so difficult. Marriage is going to serve a very different purpose. This is what, God, what Jesus is telling these Sadducees, that his good news is so great that it changes even that. Now for us today, we might ask, where might some change be needed in our lives or in our world today? That might be a place where we invite God's good news to dwell. Maybe we we think in ourselves that there's some habit or something that we know needs to change, something needs to be life-changing, and we're just not able to do it on our own. Maybe we need to give up a habit or offer forgiveness to someone who's hurt us deeply. This is a place where we might invite the good news. Or maybe we think in our world how some change might be needed, and this is part of the work of development and peace there. Uh, Those who serve on development and peace, they're not just nice people. Uh, These are people who um, are acting in a way inspired by their faith. They've heard the good news. They want to live it out, and it's prompted them to make some small sacrifices in their lives to improve the lives of others. This is something, this is a way that God's good news can be world-changing. We might ask God to come into those places where change is needed and to uh, fill that with his good news. God of all, we praise you for, for, for all of creation and for the ways that you redeem creation. Through your Holy Spirit, help us to build up hope in our future so that we would recognize how your good news has changed the world throughout history and continues to do so. May it change our lives and spill out into the lives of others. This prayer we make in Jesus' name. Amen.